At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Some think it should be more, some think it should be less. And the reality is, is, is that we, you know, the fight for 15 has been happening for so long that 15 is no longer really the 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 appropriate minimum wage. <laughs> I just think what I think is funny is they're like, fifteen dollar minimum wage. When when do we want it? In a few years. <laughs> when, when, when do we, we want it? it next decade. When do we want the credit for it now? When is it going to happen? I don't Never. Know. <laughs> what starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit. I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, just 10 people. What, your rights are, what your rights are, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people and another 10. This is the beginning. And that's why we're here, and that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. minority. You're wrong. Then others will show up. Also, what about no children dying? That's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. Liberation, it's an internal, it's an internal. Of speaking the truth, speaking the truth. But their children were saved, and their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can anyone do it. Anyone can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. Hey. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? <laughs> what? We are in effect. We're in effect. <laughs> so what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change after it? You after, change, you change, after you change it. Welcome, Welcome to public but the idea that the Democrats were actually giving a shit about whether or not it was going to help the common man was laughable okay. at best. Well, let me they knew that way. it was going to help them, but they had to put up the token resistance. You look at how much of a fight the they actually put up on That's all it is. Independently, <clears throat> each part of that package was proposed by a Republican in the past four years to save America. Exactly. So... Then suddenly putting it all together and not voting for it looks like you're just opposing help for America and Democrats. See, when, and that's where that's where I forget which fucking that's what I mean. Rep by it was where it was like, why wouldn't you? It's like vote we've for secured it? we've secured help for small businesses and restaurants, and it's like you voted no on it, you dumb motherfucker. Exactly. I mean, Donald Trump said give everybody two thousand dollars, and Nancy Pelosi said let's pass that bill right now, and she had that bill written in an hour, and she was passing. Get right. through the house because we believe 
when you're fighting for the people, then we'll, we'll support you fully. And I don't see Democrats not doing that. I haven't seen them doing that because they're playing the martyr right now. We're laying mm-hmm. down for you. We're taking the, the Republican bullet for you. We're, we're doing this because of what they did to you. That's what Democrats are doing. But, but the reality is is that when you need them to take an actual bullet for you, when you need them to mm-hmm. actually reform systems, they're like, ooh, I'm sorry, but it looks oh. like you've ran out of donation time for us to consider this there's, idea. There's just this arcane law that says, uh, there's an arcane rule, this, this statement that just says, I can't, I can't do it. There's this person you've never heard, be, heard of before called the parliamentarian that says you can't. I want to give it to you. <laughs> right. So, but I mean, even in the long run, like there are certain things that like, I have a problem with the way bills are structured as it is right now, because yeah, there's too. so much that gets hidden in there that yeah. it has nothing to do. We saw that with the, we, we saw that with the last stimulus that mm-hmm. the Republicans passed where there's a bunch of money for other countries. How in the hell does all of the money for other countries well, how does that actually like impact America proper and the citizens proper? And if you don't think that the Democrats have done that or will do that, it's just I'm the, laugh at you. It was the way it was. It was attached to the omnibus bill, which funds our wasn't government even, every year. So the I two mean, the two got melded together in the discussion, but it was two separate bills. It was two separate bills, but once they passed the omnibus and then they looked at the next stimulus, there was a bunch of shit that they put in the next stimulus oh, yeah. that was actually that was actually meant to go to other countries. Okay. And I'm like, that looks like you just fucked up and missed something that was supposed to go on the omnibus and you're throwing it in here now. Right. Like minimum so, wage. <laughs> uh, so here's the problem. Like, if you're going to call it a stimulus package, like... Th- the federal minimum wage thing is something that absolutely needs to be redone and yeah. rediscussed. And pretty much yeah. every, pretty much every Republican is on board with rediscussing it. The fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage is a sticking point. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, some think it should be more. Some think it should be less. And the reality is, is, is that we, you know, the fight for fifteen has been happening for so long that fifteen is no longer really the 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 appropriate minimum wage. <laughs> I just think what I think is funny is they're like. $15 minimum wage. When? When do we want it? In a few years. <laughs> when, when, when do we, we want it? Now? Next decade. When do we want the credit for it? Now. When is it going to happen? I don't Never. Know. <laughs> and that's the reality of it is, yeah. is that, you know, or, or when you look at, you know, looking at the end of qualified immunity, literally it would take, it takes minimal effort to get the House, the Senate, the Supreme Court, and the chief executive officer to r- look at qualified immunity and ask for uh, a review of it. Hmm. But guess what ain't happening right now? Power doesn't like reviews. Remember Joe Biden saying, I know you think I was involved in a sexual scandal, but I will release all that information the day I get into office. I will allow anybody to let that information public. So he doesn't actually have control of that one. That's one of those things. But he does have the power to say, I now grant you control if you wish to do that. He already did that. He already said, if those, if that information exists, release it. When? I mean, he said it on the campaign trail, but did he He say it officially? That was officially, because the thing is, is that as a former, 
as a former senator, that information exists somewhere else. Uh, he was still in office. All right, so... He wasn't in office. That's the thing. He was not in office. And so, literally, it was up to the people that were actually in control of those records to release it. He already gave his blessing. Okay. And so, whether or not those those people actually dig into it and actually look for it... That's you know, another issue. Exactly. Biden Biden is not going to go down to the, the libraries and try to find that himself. He's got other things to be concerned about. On a, on a wrap-up of fake news, why would you be talking about Mr. Potato Head when you could revisit that? You know oh what I mean? Oh, my God, fucking like, Mr. Potato Head. Why are you not talking about Joe Biden's sexual scandal? <laughs> Mr. I mean, Potato he, Head he, now with the new uh, now with the new fleshlight attachment. Yeah, the yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, like, that's another thing. Like it was a business decision. Hey, let's just call it Potato Head. Throw all the parts in. Like if yep. you really think that Mr. Potato Head is the conservative icon, you you think he is. You forget about how much he was storing in his butt. Yeah, and the fact that he freaking eats potato chips in front of his wife. Come on now. Mm, cannibalism at its what finest. Was that? Lay's potatoes. Yep. So, so like it was a great, it was a great business and marketing decision. Hey, let's just take uh, a, let's just take our potato head, just call it potato head, throw all the parts into a box. Great. You want it to be Mr. Potato Head? You got all the parts. You want it to be Mrs. Potato Head? You got all the parts. You want it to be whatever goofy fucking looking thing you want to come up with? Great. Your imagination is your limit. <laughs> It was exactly. a, it was a fa- because nobody was coming after Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head. Right. It was literally a business decision to say, "Hey, let's just put it all in one box and let people just buy it if they want it." <laughs> I just think of that poor like the first kid that like had a potato and it was like, "I don't know, it's an ear, dad. <laughs> Look, I made, I gave the potato ears." And suddenly it's this controversy. You're canceling a kid's cho- toy that was made by some Irish kid. <laughs> And that's the thing is, is that there was, there was never any canceling about it. Somebody made a business decision to literally just have it all in one fucking box. Yep. Which is how they started, by the way. Right. Right. (laughs) Like it's it's literally just an easy decision. Like, great. I don't have to have two different box production lines. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have two different assembly lines. I can literally just have potato head. Here's a bunch of shit. Have fun kids. Right. Oh my God. This is, and once again, but, but it goes back to what I said. It's about outrage. And you know what that outrage did? It sold eyeballs to the media and ad revenue, and it sold political donations because we're trying to make sure that the gender norms are, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you didn't it. actually give a shit about this. You give a shit about political donations because it was like, because you can't say we care about this. So donate money. No, you care about the money. The, the answer isn't whether or not you actually care about the gender norms. It's whether you care about the fucking money, because if you actually cared about the gender norms, then you would be having a discussion about gender norms, but you're yeah. not having that discussion. All you want is the money. You yeah. don't actually care. Yeah. Cause you could always make Mr. Turnup. Mr. Eggplant, Mr. Conservative now includes sucking dicks in airport bathroom stalls. Action! What would the conservative vegetable? What would be the conservative opposition to Mr. or to Potato B? Mr. Cucumber now slides up your ass a lot more easily. Oh Look, you can say it's food for your family after it comes out of your butthole. Food for thought. 
All right, oh, so here's a question. Is, equa- yeah. is equality treating people exactly the same, or does it mean giving people the same level of respect? <laughs> you, have to, you have to go into the whole discussion of whether you want equality, which is everybody being treated as equals, mm-hmm. or you want be triple, uh, triple, people to be treated equitably, meaning that some people are going to get uh, a preferential treatment in order to bring them up to equal. Okay. So, so you, so you, you have this weird, uh, I would say you have this weird idea that if we treat everybody equally, then everything should work out. And the one example that I always go back to is sales tax. Sales tax is by far one of the most regressive systems because mm-hmm. in the end, you treat everybody equally, but if you're poor and you have $200 to buy groceries with and you have $200 worth of groceries you need and you have a 10% sales tax, you don't get to buy $200 worth of groceries. You get to buy about $182 worth of groceries mm. and pay $18 in tax. But a workaround for that is giving a poorer person food stamps. Now, does that make the situation equal or are you giving somebody a little, giving them respect in the form of food stamps to level the playing field? Now, here's, here's the issue that you run into. When you talk about what the poor person gets, are you talking about the person who literally has nothing, no job, no house, no place to live on food stamps? We never or are go you that talking far. about we never, we never go that far. We don't or are you talking talk about, about the poor person? Stuff. Or are you talking about the poor person who is poor enough to can't afford those things but makes too much money to get the assistance to level the playing field? Because oh, that is a me. piece that's that is me. that is a piece of the equation that most people don't think about. They think, oh, well, if you're poor, you get food stamps. That is not the case. You can no. literally be just uh, just poor enough to yeah. where you can't meet what you need, yeah. but be too qualified for th- the assistance that you need to make you whole. I don't think people understand. To get assistance, you have to be 200% below the poverty line. Yeah. So the idea that that poor is poor and all poor people are able to get this assistance is, is literally, it, it is a fabricated reality oh, that doesn't yeah. exist. My friend made 60 bucks last year. He made too much to qualify for the health exchange, but not enough to qualify for free health exchange. He, like, mm-hmm. he, he can't get Medicare. You know, like Joe Biden said, Come to the exchange. If you don't qualify for insurance, you'll be put right on Medicare. Right on Medicare. He doesn't qualify for the exchange. Doesn't qualify for Medicare. Doesn't qualify for Medicaid because he made sixty bucks last year. So the reality is, is, is that when you look at what what equality and equitable actually look like, mm-hmm. like equality is, is that that what I just described, you know. If you have $200 uh, for groceries and you have $200 worth of groceries you need, you are not going to get to buy $200 worth of groceries. You get to buy $180 worth of groceries and spend uh, $20 on sales tax and have to decide what don't I buy 
for my groceries? Am I oh, yeah. skipping out on laundry soap? Am I skipping out on toothpaste? Am I skipping out on uh, something that, you know, I actually need to control my blood sugar? Healthy like, options? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Are you are you literally having to pick, you know, junk options over healthier options? Mm-hmm. Like the food math is real. Yeah. So, so sales tax is uh, equi- uh, equality. But it's it is attempt. not equitable. Yeah, but I would. I I'm sorry. You took that in a l- lovely direction. But I just mm-hmm. meant more basically. Me- women want equal rights. Men mean that. Take that to mean well. She should lift the heavy box too, and it turns into well. You do it then. But I think what it means is just treating people equally with respect. So you would help somebody knowing that they could help you in another equitable way. It, it, it has nothing to do with strength or brains. It has to do with ability and treating people with ability the same way depending on their ability. Well, then you know? there you run into the next discussion of equality. Mm-hmm. Equality says that you and I should be treated the same as people that have full vision. Right. So, so no, no Americans with disabilities. It doesn't matter. We should all get the same treatment. The right. and the, and the then the question is is what is that level of treatment? Mm-hmm. You know, is is that you have signage and appropriate ramps and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. or you know, it's about who you who you set the bar at equality at. Right. And the the what you have to remember is is that the people that are setting those standards are usually the people that don't have those standards to deal with. I agree so, with that. So what somebody else needs and what you need are usually totally different things. And mm-hmm. I mean, even within even within like business and software industry, a lot of the times you have people develop something in a way that makes sense to them in the way that they use it not to the way so like for example a company that i'm working with they have these uh they have these dashboards for the product the problem that i have with it is is that as a business intelligence person they're not useful to me so i submitted what i thought would make more sense and because i work with a very diverse group of people i work with somebody who's colorblind for example so using red and green doesn't you know (laughs) is while it works for me and i understand it that is not going to work for somebody else so what you have to do is you have to do what's called intentional design Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to say okay we're going to make this red and green but we're also going to put other symbols in here so that way a person who is red green colorblind is going to be able to see Oh hey, this is this has a check mark in it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's green. I know that it's good to go. But that check mark for that person who's colorblind means that, great, this is good to go. Or it's got an X through it. It's red for me, and I can see that it's that I've got an issue that I need to deal with. But if there's an X there, then the person who needs to deal with it, or you know, an yep. exclamation point. It's yellow for me. I know that it's that there's something that I that needs my attention, but for the person who's colorblind, oh mm-hmm. hey, this is something that I need to pay attention to. Right. By doing intentional design, I'm making the system more usable for people in my company to do what they need to do and yeah. understand like at the same sort of visual representation that I have of hey, there's something that needs your attention, you need to look at this and you need to work on it. Now, 
if I didn't have somebody who is colorblind around me, that's not, probably not something that I thought of, would have thought about. That's not something I think <clears throat> about, and I have a vision issue. And so, and so that's and that's just it. Is is that you know even as somebody who's blind in their left eye, like I don't necessarily think about all of those things because in my right eye I can still see just fine. Mm-hmm. So while there are some impacts for me, they're not the same impacts as somebody who's colorblind or somebody who is absolutely low vision. Right. You know. But that's I can still that all. See. All of what all of what you mentioned is under the heading of reasonable accommodation. So, uh-huh. like, it's not. I'm not asking for you to make my life easier <clears throat> than everybody else's. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not looking to be the first person on the ride at Disneyland because of my my low vision. What I'm asking is that I can get around just like anybody else has the option to get around. You mm-hmm. know, and that's and so and so that's the difference is is that understanding that where the bar of equality gets set. Mm-hmm. is going to be highly dependent on who is setting that bar. That's right. But advances for me are advances for you. Welcome to dictation. Welcome to speech You know, recognition. Mm-hmm. So you can pass over a button and be like, this, this, you know, large print. Thank you. You're welcome. There's advances right. for deaf people that help us with the way... Right headphones work you know what i mean absolutely putting braille on your canadian money is fucking outstanding and i don't know why we don't do it here because it'll help everybody in the dark to feel you can if you can't see it you can feel it in your pocket and go one there's there's a video game i play that they have literally designed the game in such a way that if you have color blindness you can actually go to over to the menu and you can select the color blindness that you have and recolor codes the game so that way you can actually see the game isn't that cool? And it's a new game. Wow. Like anybody can use this stuff, you know? Absolutely. And that's and so that's just it, is is that everything has been designed for the person who is mobile, for the person mm-hmm. who doesn't have issues. So yeah. you're what you're asking is them to go back to the drawing board and redesign it all. And that should be fun though. It it should be fun until you get to the whole point of cost. And that's the issue, is is that what you know, for for most people it's you know, if I make all of these changes, is that going to increase my profitability? And a lot of the times they're like, mm, fuck it, we're not going to do that because we don't see the benefit of it. Right. And that's and that's the issue with the whole reasonable accommodation thing. Reasonable accommodation does not mean that I have to accommodate you. Reasonable right. accommodation means that I'm not going to go broke trying to accommodate you, or I'm not going to lose money trying to accommodate you. Right. And then that's, and that's just it. The bar is set pretty low when it comes to denying somebody accommodation because of reasonable accommodation. Like all I have to, all I have to do is prove that it's a financial burden to me and I don't have to do it. Well, and once you give somebody a reasonable accommodation, you can't take it away. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's in the law. <laughs> once that's you, just it, once that... you've come to terms, each party's come to terms that, yes, it is a reasonable accommodation, you can't then a month later go, nope, now that you're depending on it, I, I will not do it anymore. Correct. Yeah, no, you can't, you can't take it away once. But it's even just getting to the point of determining that it is a reasonable accommodation yeah, is right. usually a fight in and of itself. Well, because you have to keep it forever then it's a mm-hmm. it's another fucking chore on your back as a business to have to accommodate but google could certainly do something 
to make the everything on their you know that they host in an accommodating way so instead of talking to individual websites and asking for it kind of going to the funnel point for me is always the best option i talked to a guy that that designs for orbits and travelocity and mm -hmm. he wanted me to consult on it on the color scheme and the buttons and where to put everything and i like that you know mm -hmm. so there is companies that they care about this stuff you know there's 49 million uninstitutionalized disabled people in this country and the problem is not one of those disabilities is the same. You know? <laughs> well, and, and what people think of as, and I think it's the perception of disability too that yeah. you have to think about, is, is that when people think disabled, they think stuck in a wheelchair, can't do anything for themselves, have yeah. to have constant care. That's not disability. That's, yeah. that's not how that works. Disability right. is literally just you have something that makes it more difficult for you to do your job. Like, for example, I probably qualify for about three different disabilities. But the yeah. difference for me is, is that, you know, okay, so I've got partial blindness. I'm still, I can still see in my right eye. Right. For me, my whole life has, I have done things the way that I have, not because I need to prove that I'm not, I don't have a disability. I just do things because, hey, I'm going to just keep pushing on until I hit a point where I need extra help. There you go. And That's that threshold is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, having blindness, having asthma is a disability. Yeah. And also, too, the fact that I have had mental health issues in the past. Mm -hmm. That is a disability that most people don't tend to think about. But the mm -hmm. reality is, is that there are a lot of things that I can do that help me deal with the current realm but that's only my story there are people yeah. that have far more needs than i do and even if you design for my level it still is well above the needs of so many people that actually are you know that are that are needing that assistance right right and i think it <laughs> comes down to basic on your local level one person to another having mm -hmm. that like hey Publix is this something you're willing to do for me yes and if more people ask for it you know so I and get that and that's and that's just it is is that you know when it comes down to it there is always a power in groups of people being able to I wouldn't say force the issue but show that there's a business necessity for yeah. for meeting the issue but can I just say for the record a disability is the inability to do something. Mm -hmm. And if you take that logic, everybody's disabled about doing something. All it means is when the situation comes up, you're unable to take part in it. Like, mm -hmm. if there is a pregnancy and birth going on, guess what? Every man involved is disabled <laughs> from having a child. That sounds stupid. But if you're not 20-20... You have a visual disability of it's a spectrum. We all have we're all on the autism spectrum. It's just where are we? Are we all the way at zero or are we at one point zero five? And so we all have disabilities. It's just some of you ignore them and say, I'm not disabled and I can look mm -hmm. down on disabled people. But you can't because you're disabled <laughs> as well. The reality that I face every single day is is that if anything happens to my right eye, <laughs> I'm hosed. Like I legitimately will be disabled. I will right. not be able to read documents the same way that normal that normal people with 2020 vision will. Right. 
but I will I, w- I will absolutely need low vision assistance in order to get around. I won't be able to drive. But the inability to understand <clears throat> what you just said is a disability in and of itself to me. Mm-hmm. Being physically disabled, people are not being able to understand or empathize or just ignore me and let me be me. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to fight this stuff. To me, that's a disability. Ignor- mm-hmm. Ignorance is a disability to me. <laughs> you know, and cognitive dissonance <laughs> yeah. is a disability. Oh, and that's just it. Is is that it? You know, if you design for inclusion, mm-hmm. then you're going to find places where you can improve. You're all, I mean, you're not going to nail this 100%. There's no possible way. You will always find ways that you will, that you will have missed something. Mm-hmm. But when you design for only the able and capable, <clears throat> you will miss so much more. And that's, and that's not just you know, the human element talking, because I, I shouldn't have to stress the human element. I really shouldn't. Right. From a financial and a business standpoint, by limiting your customer base on arbitrary decisions that affects your profit line. So like yeah. when a, when a, when a grocery store says, Hey, we don't have all of the need, all of the ability to meet your needs in terms of having you shop in the store, but I can have someone get the things that you need and mm. have them ready for you to pick up. Yeah. Like that in and of itself makes a huge difference because yeah, you've got to go pick up the stuff, but you can at least, have someone take care of those needs for you so that way you're not having to have someone dedicated either walk you around the store or or any number of things it'll if it makes it easier for you to get a ride to a grocery store for example Mm -hmm. or or if you have uh like we have uh dial a ride here which is part of uh uh, inner city transit yeah. where the, you know, you can get someone, you know, to pick you up as part of the transit system, get you to where you need to go to pick something up and then get you back home. Mm-hmm. Like those things right there make a difference. <clears throat> I'd rather it was more a community thing like that. Have you ever seen the next door app? Like Mm-mm. there's this app that local communities like use like your neighborhood and I would mm-hmm. really like to, I would like a designation on somewhere disabled person. So I could post up in the neighborhood app, like, I want to go here. Is anybody going there? Because I would happily just get in the car with my neighbor and be like, you're going to Walmart. I love it. Hi. You know? Sweet. You know, yeah. and that's, and, and I think that there, you know, I, and maybe this is something that you guys can talk about on, on, on the low vision podcast is. What would an app that creates equality for you look like? That is a because, great question. I want because, to ask that. Because, you know, if there is always somebody out there that is looking to design something that meets somebody else's need. Yeah. And I don't know if that actually exists out there. That's not something that I've ever thought about. But yeah. by having that discussion and getting that started, maybe tag a couple of companies when you guys have had the chance to discuss what that might look like. Mm. And I guarantee you, somebody will figure it out. Somebody will be like, Hey, I got, I I, I think I know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. Because like I said, if, if you can figure out what it is, what kind of an app it is that makes your life easier, makes you more included in society. You know, 
it's kind of one of those things like we've talked about. We can either bitch about the problem or we can start working on creating solutions. Mm-hmm. So what is a, what does a created solution for you and, and low vision look like? Right. There's the Telegraph, Telegraph app? Telegram app. Uh, we use one of them. The, the VIPs, visually impaired people, they use the... I think it's the Telegram app. They won't ask me to be involved, by the way. It's this group of, like, awesome blind people that they haven't... They're like, we'll send you the link. We'll send you the link. Never offered me the link, but I still love them. But there's a voice comment where I guess you can voice chat with other people. And Mm -hmm. so there there is ways to do it. And so you... before, Before yelling at somebody to take care of your need first, make sure that it isn't being filled by somebody else. Like, for example, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that there there is, uh, I forget what it's called, but there is an app out there that was developed in such a way that what you do is you take your smartphone and you put it up on your on your face so that way, you know, you have your camera out mm. and somebody actually watches your yeah. feed yes. and allow and tells you what you need to do in order to move around. Yeah. To me, that is absolutely brilliant. Yes. You know, it's it, it makes it so much easier for you. Now, uh, on on the downside is is that what that means is is that you have to have, you know, a smartphone. It means you have to have the right data connection in order to make no, this work. No privacy. Yeah. No privacy. <laughs> but but hey, you know what? If what that meant was, you know, you could go into the grocery store and you could look around and see something yeah. and have someone say, oh, hey, it's up on the top shelf. Reach your right hand up. Nope. Over to the left. Perfect. There it is. Isn't that beautiful? <clears throat> like there are ways. And eventually what will happen is, is that will get automated for you. Yep. Like there will be a there will be an AI that gets developed to where you just say, I need to find X. And you'll walk into the store and you'll walk down to the aisle and it'll be like, it is going to be on the top shelf in the middle of the aisle. And you're going to look and it's going to go, boop, it's going to highlight it. And you're yep. going to put your hand right up there. Like that's eventually what's going to happen. There is, a, that is a, There's an app called Seeing AI. Where mm-hmm. if I if I hold that up to a product, it will read everything on there, or it'll mm-hmm. read me la- layers. It'll tell me what colors. Like if I hold it like this, it'll be like green, green, brown, brown. So and it has a light sensor. It reads text. Mm-hmm. It reads documents. But that's crowdsourced. Like it gets better because people that are using it tell people right. how it is how it's going. So so, so I so that's always the discussion that needs to be had is what what can be done to make it better mm-hmm. and that's for everybody abled and un, unabled and like let's see what we got left here uh oh i don't know there's some pretty overt racially tinged questions in here <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so jeffrey mm-hmm. let's see this is this we're getting close to the wrap up now aren't we because yep. I have, I have no literal idea what time. I think we've, we've been on for almost two hours now. Holy shit! All right. Yeah, we've been going for it, dude. So I got stuck in a conversation on Denton County Collective, which is coming mm-hmm. out this Monday. The episode's coming out this Monday, and for some reason, I got it. Ryan said to me. So then tell me what's good about the Libertarian Party. And Jeffrey, I don't know why I decided to defend that point of view. You know? <laughs> but what, <coughs> so <coughs> the example that was given was drug abuse. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm just saying what the, what, what the scenario was, what the, what is that? 
when somebody just believes something without actually knowing, you know. So, mm. libertarians believe all drugs should be legal, which mm -hmm. is not necessarily libertarian. I'm a progressive independent and feel the exact same way. But mm -hmm. then, of course, it comes to rehab. So, mm -hmm. a drug addict in a libertarian world goes to a rehab what does that look like if you don't believe in a government big enough to offer health and human services to that person? So I think one one of the fundamental differences between what most people think of as a libertarian and what libertarians actually are is <clears throat> most people, when they think of libertarian, they think of Tea Party conservative libertarian. Like no government involvement whatsoever, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Libertarians are more about decentralizing power. So, for example, I don't think that the feds should be trying to control everything across the board because they come up with one solution, and that one solution does not fit everybody. To me, you need to look at it more from a local standpoint. You can move down to the state level. You could move down to the county level. You could even move down to the city level because the the reality is, is, is that all of those needs are going to be different. Even in a state like Washington, for example, the needs of King County are going to be far different than the needs of Spokane. They're going to be far different than the needs of, say, Garfield County here where, you know, it's, it's a very rural area. The idea that one size fits all is absolute bullshit. And the reality is, is, is that whatever you have the feds do, they take their cut and that means less money rolls downhill to get to the services that you need. If you, and if you do it at a state level, that means that the states can take their money and that means that there's less money that rolls downhill towards, say, the county level or the city level. The reality of being libertarian is, is that, you know, there, the need for as much government as there is, as much government as people think there should be, is very different. Because to me, the government takes their cut in plenty of administrative fees, and what you end up getting is actually a lower standard of care than if you had done it at, say, the state level. Or if you do it at the state, you try to do it at the state level look at it from a county level so it's not that a libertarian doesn't think that rehab should exist i just don't think that the way that it should be done is from uh everybody giving their money to the feds and then trying to roll it down to the most rural counties of say washington or montana that's not going to work the way that you want it to because what's going to happen is, is they're going to take that money they're going to invest it in the big cities and then the counties the smaller counties the rural counties aren't going to get shit. okay and so what that means is if you're somebody that has a drug abuse issue or a substance abuse issue, that means that it's incumbent upon you to get to a major city in order to get that care. That's right. That, that doesn't work because you're dealing with people who either A, are non-functional because of their drug habits or are in some cases dangerous. It's, it's all, you know, so, so that's what the left sees. They're like, oh, well, you just don't want this. What the right typically sees is, oh, well, maybe if we just throw them in jail, that ought to fix the problem. Right. No, that is definitely not what a libertarian is either, because what we see there is great. So you throw them in jail long enough to have them piss clean. 
So you've got the costs of them being in jail that you're never going to recover because they're a drug addict or, or a substance abuse uh, in the throes of substance abuse and behavioral abuse. You're going to run them through the justice system. So that means that you're going to pay for defense lawyers to defend someone that they're never going to be able to reimburse. Prosecutors to prosecute them and the costs incurred with that that you're never going to be able to uh, recover. The time that is spent you know, by clerks and judges and the building itself, pro, you know, having these cases that you're never going to be able to recover because these people are in the throes of substance abuse. You literally are re-traumatizing these people by sending them through the justice system to charge them thousands of dollars that you're never going to be able to recover. It is a waste of cost is what it is. So when you look at it from the left and the right, it's like, oh, well, if the feds do all of this, well, the feds are going to take a bunch of money. The state's going to take a bunch of money. They're going to put it in big cities and rural counties are not going to get shit. If you go with the conservative method of just throwing people in jail, you're going to get them in jail long enough to piss clean, run a bunch of costs up because of feeding, housing, defense, prosecution, judges, clerks, courts, cops. You're going to spend all of this money yep. on not solving the problem. So between the two issues, you're not ever actually fixing the issue. No, you're paying for a system. You're paying for a system to either re-traumatize people in the case of running them through the justice system or move these systems where people could get healthy into places that are mostly, po- you know, are majority populated that the people who need this help can't get to well, let's be honest. A drug addict goes, <clears throat> goes from the hospital that holds them for 72 hours to release them to go back on the street with the same issue and get arrested and sit there and go to prison. So they've And then they transfer the person to a hospital who then spits the person back out until finally they can find treatment in a non-for-profit rehab that will accept them where the people mm-hmm. that donate pay for. So what you're doing is you're paying for this whole criminal justice system to be erected mm-hmm. to handle the problem where you could cut that out like a tumor and people could be sent directly to the nonprofit center, which is now getting money from the government, the federal government, instead of the federal government paying for what you just described. <clears throat> and and but it, But even then, once again, you know, if if you have all this money going towards the feds, remember there's going to be about oh, seven going. different levels of, of of involvement and administrative costs that are going to reduce the amount of money that make it to those systems. Of course, what I'm saying is we give them money right now in the form of taxes, and that I don't I don't think there's any representation for me in the taxes that I give. I think I give my taxes and hope to God things work out. Now, Denton County, says, right. Denton County says there's a system in which I could have my voice heard in the way my money and taxes are spent, but it's broken. And I don't think there ever was a system for me to say, hey, representative, I don't want to spend money on the whales this year. I just never think there was. And so mm-hmm. I agree that the government is in the way, but if they're taking my money, I have no problem with them paying for non helping subsidize non per If they were paying... If they were actually paying and subsidizing that stuff, and I don't yes. think any of us would actually have a problem with it. Right. The problem is, is, is that it doesn't matter whether you're on the Republican side of the spectrum or the liberal side of the spectrum. The reality is, is, is that the money that is being collected and being spent is ensuring that those politicians get their needs met. That's right. 
and they use it as a method of collecting more political donations rather than actually moving that money into fixing the problem. And so you yes. you have this you have this issue of the libertarian in me says yes we need rehab systems we need a way in which we can get healthcare to the people that need it we need a way in which that we can treat substance abuse uh, and uh, behavioral disorders and make sure that it's in a way that is decentralized enough that people in the big city can get their treatment people in rural can get their treatment because as it stands right now it's only population centers and drug mm -hmm. abuse is not limited to just major population centers in fact oh, rural no. america has some of the worst problems in terms of methamphetamines in terms of opioids, uh, opioids in terms of you know even things like fentanyl now jesus yeah. the number of people that are dying from fentanyl but that brings me to my point i believe all drugs should be i don't even know if i should say this i believe all drugs should be legal because drug addicts will either kill themselves or decide they've had enough and That's so, in, in a purely, in what in in a purely, let me do my thing way. Let me die or let me survive. <laughs> well, you know? I think here's the reality: is is that the money that has been spent to run these people through the justice system is money that should be, if you're going to spend the money, should be spent on local uh, rehab and behavioral health clinics right. that allow people to actually get treatment now you still have the whole issue of what is the root cause of the issue and there you're going to find a wide gamut of issues oh yeah 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 but what it boils down to is is that until you stop spending on your money on things that don't fix the problem like for example if you're running the same person through the system time and time again like there's a guy in king county who's been through the system 60 times six zero right. times like, I don't know what to tell you. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. No, 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 because it's not insanity at all. Put a price tag on one visit, and you'll understand it completely why he's been through 60 times. Exactly. 600, and that's, 60. <laughs> 60. 60 times. And 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 you you see this, you know, even, even people who worked in public defense see the same people come through the system repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? It tells you that whatever it is that you're pursuing doesn't work. And if you keep pursuing the things that don't work, you're going to keep burdening the justice system to require money be spent on things that do not work. But you're going to require that money be spent on people that are not solving the problem. Like yeah. there are violent offenders that have to be taken off the street. End of story, no question. But if you're going to keep doing this, run, run people with uh, addiction issues through the system and you're going to act surprised that they're back again when you're not making sure that there is treatment available. Nobody's surprised. I mean, politicians, you would, politicians act surprised, families act yeah, surprised, but yeah. the group that isn't surprised is the prosecutor and the defense attorney and no. the judge and the, and the, cop, the social and the, worker and the, no, the nurse. Nobody is surprised by that. And so when you want to talk about waste, that's waste. So if you legalize drugs, which Washington is actually just uh, – uh, they just uh, – the Supreme Court in Washington State just said that they vacated a bunch of possession charges. Not it. all of them. Most of them. 
I'm going to guess that the ones that didn't get vacated were probably had something to do with intent to distribute. Or, or injury during distrib- distribution, yeah. So, so that would be my guess is that intent to distribute ones probably the, but anybody who got caught, you know, with meth or, or whatever, because if, if you don't actually, you know, if you don't run people through the system for those things, but instead look at it and go, instead of the money that we're taking from sales tax to fund the justice system, if we took that money and instead funded behavioral health, mm-hmm. would we see a change? Because the answer to what we're doing now is no. So if we but, do but, something different now, you know, I don't need the feds to try and take a bunch of money to fund King County for their issues that they have. Mm-mm. I have issues here locally that we're down the pecking order because whatever the feds take, they're going to distribute based on population centers. That's just the way that it is. Whereas if you already have the money that's being spent in the justice system here and reallocate that money for actually treatment here, it's going to make it a lot easier to make treatment available to more people than it is to send it up to the feds and then send it all the way back down to be, you know, money, bunch of money taken from the feds to get to the state, a bunch of money taken by the state to get to whatever local you're losing a bunch of money rather than just saying, Hey, we've got all this money that's already right here locally. Let's just shift it out. So that way it's going directly to actually funding behavioral health. I, I think I think your misconception is that you think the system isn't working. It's oh, not no, working. It's think not the, working from the system our is perspective. Working, the system is working exactly as intended. That's the problem. It, it's not. It's just not our perspective that it's working for. <laughs> like it's 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 a matter of understanding that, you know, like I know the system is working exactly as intended. I yeah. know that it and is. that that the goal is to keep you in an oppressive state in one it way will, or another so that you can't fight back so that you're always worried about your debt. So you're always worried about your felony or your color or your gender. And you're never worried about what's being done to you. You're worried about how people are going to hurt you because of who you are. And that's and just the difference. Wrong. And the difference is, is that, you know, the, the fear that you have coming from the Republican side is, is that, you know, that they'll flip the switch and all of a sudden this will all be illegal again and you're going to be back in the system. And that creates a, a, num- a number of issues in of itself. But the way that the Democrats do it, they have it down to an art that they give you just enough that you either have to live your life in the system or you get absolutely nothing. That's right. There's no way. There's no reason. There's no step to where you get something and it trails off and gives you the amount of time to get on your feet. Like, hey, I'm going to school now. Great, we're funding you. Hey, I graduated. Great, we're funding you a little less. Hey, I got a job. Great, you're out of the system. Good job, you know? And that's just exactly it is, is that, you know, I even had this conversation with my mother yesterday about how the system is not designed to step you out of it. It isn't. The system is designed to either keep you in it or kick you out of it so that way you see that you need to be in it. And that, that's yes. just it. Because Until each system you... gets funded based on the need and the popularity of it. So Medicaid gets super funded when they have a lot of people on Medicaid. They're not looking to kick you off unless there's unless there's um, a price restructuring, whether there's a budget change. If they get a budget change, they have to kick you off. If they get more money, they will let you on. But it, it's it's to pay for the system. It isn't to pay for you. You're, you're the product, you're the, you're the consumer, the product of it, but you're not 
It's not mm -hmm. for you. It's not for you. Hospitals weren't made to take care of you. They were made because you're the you're the product. You know? <laughs> right. So so the libertarian in me says the feds the feds can go fuck themselves because I know what's going to happen. They're going to take a bunch of money out and then say that we're distributing all this money to meet your needs. Well, the reality is is that a bunch of the money that it needed to be there to meet our needs has been taken out and then they're going to distribute right. and then they're going to take it down to the state and the state's going to say great we're f we've taken all of this federal money to meet your needs but then they're going to take their cut yeah and distribute it out to population centers because that's how the system works it they look at population centers not necessarily need centers right. that's not the way that it works they they look at it and go population equals need and and it, sometimes it's right sometimes it's not mm, that's true and that's and that's the that is the reality is is that as the as a libertarian fed boy can fuck off and in a lot of cases the state can also fuck off too okay. because the money that we're collecting here to fund the justice system could be real reallocated here to fund the needs that are not being met and i guarantee you if you've looked at the waste either from the state or from the feds, you would realize that at a county level, maybe even at a city level, if you're as large as Seattle, the amount of waste that you'll find could easily be restructured to meet the needs that you have and not have to deal with the state or the feds. Yeah, and if you don't understand the theory, I'll make it really simple. Grab a dozen donuts and walk through uh, your apartment complex or your house and see who takes a bite, and see what you're left with when you cross the room. You know what I exactly, mean? exactly. You know, and and the whole goal is to take the box of donuts and not just eat it for yourself, but to deliver it to a group of people on the other side. Right. That need it. So yeah. by the time you get to the other side, yeah. you're going to have fewer donuts than what you left. Same. It's no different with money. Right. You have a great pool of money. That if it gets sent up to the feds, they take their cut. If it gets sent to the state, they take their cut. Mm -hmm. And then by the time it gets down to you, you're like, wait, I just paid a bunch of money to have it come back to me yeah. with less money. I just paid for a dozen donuts. I fed 11 people. I get a donut. But those 11 people aren't who I picked. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The 11 people that I need to have behavioral health care in my city. Yeah shouldn't be hoping that there's going to be enough money that rolls downhill for one of them. Right. It is no different than trickle down economics. That's right. I'll the give Fed you a is dozen donuts. I'll give you a dozen it's, donuts it's, it's, and you give me a, a half a dozen. It's like we talked about <laughs> trickle down healthcare. The Fed yeah. takes their cut, moves it down to the state. The state takes their cut and then yeah. hopefully you get something left over. It is if you're going so if you're going to sit there and say trickle down economics doesn't work then what you need to understand also is is that trickle down healthcare doesn't work when it's going right. to go up to the feds to take a bunch of money and then to the state to take a bunch of money right. you have to do it you have to do it more directly and what i'm saying as not a libertarian but as a progressive independent is the money that the government does take should be coming from other people like businesses and not me at the individual and the money they're taking that they're going to be taking they're going to be collecting anyway should be used properly for mm -hmm. people for roads amazon you made a buttload of money because you didn't pay for roads and union work that's gonna bite you in the ass you can only do that for so long so 
That's my belief. All right. So let's see. I'm going to go with one final question for you because it is, it is basically where we started. Uh, I'm going to have to ask for your favorite movie. But I'm going to give you the option of assuming that you have a favorite movie in every genre. And so you get to pick your favorite genre and then the movie in it. So I've got a few different genres that I like to watch. Not just one today. Just one today? Just one today. Ooh. Then my pick, I'm going to go with horror because I love horror. Love it. And my favorite movie uh, from a horror standpoint, this is actually one that's been, this is actually one that most people can be like, what the, why that one? The Grudge. Uh, The 2004, I think it's 2004, The Grudge. I loved that movie. It was so good. It was. Wait, Michelle Geller? Yep. Yep, yep. I love Michelle Geller. That movie was fantastic. I think it is a great horror movie. I really don't like what the series became because they tried to me that movie was absolutely fantastic and had it ended where it, you know just at the end of that that epi- uh, that movie mm-hmm. yeah i kind of wish it was a little bit longer but i loved that movie like yeah. that I, I have a copy of it it is it's a fantastic horror movie i awesome. love it and that sparked a whole genre with like the ring mm. and stuff the yeah, ring we, came first oh, the ring it? came first oh man yeah I, I so was there was a, a there was a fan. And and even then, those those the American movies are remakes of Japanese. That's horror. what I was gonna say is that I don't know which one really came first. Yeah, so you had because they were Japanese remakes, right? You had Ringu, which was the Ring, and then Zhuan, which was the Grudge. Um, so those came first, but then they got the Hollywood treatment. So I actually mm-hmm. had a friend who had seen uh, the Grudge, uh, Zhuan. And she was like, ooh, it was really weird and really creepy. I watched that version. It's not as scary as the American remake of The Grudge. She thought that that was fucking scary. I thought The Grudge was scary. Shadows. I loved it. Shadows? I loved it. Oh, my God. Shadows? You freak me out, man. <laughs> I love it. Which is why I also love horror video games is because, yeah. you know, with a movie, you can close your eyes and you can look away. But in a horror video game, you, you can only push pause or shut it down. Wow. When you start it back up, you're in the same spot. You have to play through it. You have to go through it. And it gets your heart rate just fucking going. <laughs> That's, That's why I awesome. love it. That's awesome. I don't really have any comparison for that. I don't. My what? My favorite movie was uh, horror. Is Pitch Black? I think is a horror movie, but I also think it's an action movie. It's a suspense. I'd say movie. sci-fi. Sci-fi, sci-fi is where I would put it. But it is and definitely I love horror, Pitch man. Black. Definitely horror to me. You know. Uh, I love Pitch Black. That movie was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good movie. And I, that's one of my go-to's for horror. You know, I don't. Mm. I consider it horror because these things are in the dark, and <laughs> I just oh, freaks me out, man. Pitch Black was a fantastic movie. I remember watching it for the first time, and I was like, yeah, like I like the graphics kind of suck on it a little bit, but like if you were to if you were to do that movie now with much better graphics, more mm. gore, more horror to it, right? Oh my god, I would. Lo- I, I love the original. I would love to see like them go back to the planet. I think, or, some, yeah. or, or some group go back to the planet. Yes, but I think the cinematography in it was just amazing. The, oh, it was fantastic. The horizon, the perspectives, the coloring. The, it was fantastic. The characters. I mean, 
you don't like think said, about the it. monsters the monsters uh could have used some better some better cgi yeah. but that's why they some took of the so isn't that why it took so long to make the hobbit is because they just didn't have the capabilities to make what they wanted so they waited i i don't i honestly don't know yeah okay I love that. I I got it. I don't know from Jeffrey, so we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> there you go. There thanks, you go. Thanks, Jeffrey. I really do appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Nice. And everybody else, you've been listening to Public Access America. I am going to end the stream right here. Have a great day. Yay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. You can find us next week with more fun and action. What a day. What a day. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals. Democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do. I poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome. Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts with Stitcher Smart Radio app. Potable. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.